Welcome to the HQ Podcast. I am your host, and you are now listening to Relationships with Rob. What is up, guys? Happy Monday. Hope you had an awesome, awesome weekend. I'm just super pumped for this episode. I mean, we touched on so many topics, and it would be a shame for you guys to miss this entire episode. It's always always good to connect with like-minded people and hear their take on how they handled some of the toughest moments in their lives and how they overcame it, but more importantly, how they choose to show up in their lives presently, whether it be in their relationships or just their own personal struggles. Jocelyn has been through an enormous amount of pain and struggle, but she's also experienced a ton of growth, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Life has definitely tested her, and she's got a wide array of insights that can really give you some perspective within your own life. Jocelyn is a professional coach, speaker, and author with a wealth of experience helping people thrive through life's most challenging moments. Having been through some pretty significant transitions herself, like death, divorce, career transitions, blending of family, etc., she feels passionate about helping others through what can be a very scary time. As a coach, she helps clients to clearly define new and exciting goals and dreams, reframe their story so that it empowers them, and create actionable item steps towards achieving goals and overcoming obstacles. She studied effective transitions at length and is excited to share her five-step process to thrive through any transition a person may be facing. Her book, Thriving Through Transitions will officially be out August 21st, but you can get a special pre-order copy of her hardcover edition right now. She's made them available for the masses, and that link will be in the show notes. So connect with Jocelyn and tell her what you thought about this episode as she gets pretty vulnerable and gives us an insight to some of her toughest moments. So without further ado, here is Jocelyn Kuhn. Welcome back to another episode of the HQ. I'm super pumped to have this guest on here today. She is a good friend of mine and I was trying to get her on for so many times. There's just so many little mishaps here and there, but we finally got together and I'm super glad that she's here. Jocelyn, thank you for coming on the show. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I'm great. How are you? I am doing amazing now that we got the show finally on the road. There's so many things that we need to talk about. There's so many exciting things that's going on in your life that I like to know about. So let's start with that. I mean, you've been just like all over the place right now, (laughs) which is good. You've been keeping busy and I know you're doing a lot of stuff. So let us know what you've been up to. Yeah. So I just got done. um, I finished up writing my first book uh, about a month and a half ago. And, um, so I've just been like really diving into the publishing process and, um, I've actually launched it, um, unofficially on Amazon now. So, uh, and then about another month it'll be out, uh, the official launch date will be August 21st. And, um, and that's when the Kindle version will be available and all of that. But, um, it's just been a really exciting process to learn how, how everything has been working and um, it's a lot more in depth than I ever imagined. And it's been a great learning experience. Yeah. And that's why I love connecting with fellow authors because it's, it's such a amazing and an amazing, but unique process for each and every one of us. I mean, we all have different reasons as to why we become authors, but um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I really do love the title of your book. I'm looking at it right now. Um, but it's called Thriving Through Transitions. 
Um, let's actually break into that now. Why not? Let's talk about where and, and where that whole idea of this uh, or this concept of this book came about. Sure. So I decided to write this book because I experienced some pretty rough transitions early on in my life. Um, one of the biggest ones that I talk about in the book is going through the process of finding out basically my whole life had been this big lie in my mind. Um, so I was raised by just amazing parents and the oldest of five kids. And we were all super involved in sports and school and all of that stuff. And, and our parents were kind of these, um, they were seen as very pivotal people in the community. And my dad coached all of us. And uh, shortly after I graduated from high school, we found out that he was actually living a double life. And he, he had this whole business, but it was all a big front for being involved in this big ring of, of dealing drugs. And um, I think doing some of the financial side of things and, um, and he had another girlfriend and he had a house and he, he had a completely different life than the life that he was living um, publicly. And it ended up ending my parents' marriage, you know, 19 years in. And um, he ended up indicted for some of the charges that had to do with the, the drugs. Um, I don't remember the exact charges now, but uh, he ended up getting sentenced to five years in federal prison. And because of that, his and I we had a really rough relationship for a while. Um, I had a lot of anger toward him. I had a lot of unresolved issues with him. He was always somebody that spoke so much of um, people like Tony Robbins. And I mean, the things that he did as a parent that were so good and I'm so thankful for now, but I wrestled with then um, things like making us read seven habits of highly successful teens um, you know, I'm so grateful for it now, but at the time, I just remember being so angry that somebody could be such a different person than the person that they were portraying themselves to be and felt like he was a hypocrite. And um, so anyways, the, the book really goes into a little bit more detail of, of how that relationship went through some of the healing places that it did during that time. And then, um, my dad actually came and lived with me because he had about two months before he was supposed to turn himself in to, to go to prison. And during that time, he, I found him actually one morning, he had an aortic aneurysm and died in the middle of the night while he was living with me. And that was so hard to go through, especially when things weren't all perfect and especially when we were really trying to work on repairing our relationship. And actually we had a whole idea of writing a book together. And so we were going to write this book together while he was in prison called letters to the inside. And it was going to be all about our healing journey and, and how we overcame um, some of the problems that we had had in our relationship. And, and then for him to all of a sudden be gone right in the midst of all of that, it was just gut wrenching. You know, it was, it was one of the hardest times in my life. I had just had two kids and I was a very young mom and, um, and it was, you know, my, yeah, little... so how old were you when all of this was going on? Like, and what I was, was going 
I was 22 when he passed. So from the time that he was indicted, I was 19. Um, and then, you know, there was just a three year period there of just a lot of waiting for sentencing and having to talk to federal prosecutors. And um, I learned that, you know, my identity was attached to some of the things that he had done because I was over 18. And um, I, I, there was just so many different layers of pain that that really all stemmed from my brother actually tried to commit suicide the night of his sentencing. And so we went through a really, really rough period of three years there. And during that time, I, I ended up getting pregnant with my first son. Uh, Definitely was not something that I planned on doing at the time. And, um, and that changed my life. And, you know, then I went through a divorce from their dad shortly after my dad died. Um, and so I, I went through a lot of changes in a really short period of time and it really impacted my life significantly. But one of the things that was amazing about it was I was going through all my dad's stuff after, shortly after he died. And I found these Tony Robbins tapes that he had and I decided, you know, I'm going to just start listening because I had been pretty turned off to everything self-help because I saw it so closely related to my dad, you know, associated to him. And, and I had such a negative image for a while of, of all of it. So I ended up starting to listen to these tapes and it completely changed my life. And, um, you know, I knew I wanted things to be different. I knew that I needed to take responsibility for all of the parts of it that I could. And, and I also knew that I needed to forgive and, um, choose to love him in the midst of some of the things that he had done and choose to focus on the things that were so great about my life and the, the lessons that he taught me, even though he wasn't necessarily always able to live them himself. Um, and so it just really shifted my perspective and, Um, basically my book is kind of all about the journey through painful situations in our life and, and how to turn those painful situations into opportunities to thrive and help others and really heal ourselves from, from our past and, and learn to live in the present moment and create a life that we love. Yeah, we'll get into that. I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier about the five-step process, but um, speaking of Tony Robbins, you were just uh, you were just in Houston. Was it Houston or Chicago? Oh, Chicago, it was. Yeah, was it for uh, Date with Destiny or it was no uh, Unleash UPW? The Power? Yeah, yeah, UPW, yep. right? Unleashed yeah, nice. So, yeah. It was, and that wasn't your first time seeing him, obviously. No, that was actually my second time, and. Um, I I went in March and that was actually a huge catalyst for getting this book finished finally. I'd been working on it. I actually was working on it last year and then my mom was in a horrible car accident and it really um kind of derailed my focus for a while. She was the only survivor and she was in the hospital for like 2 months and um oh, I was supposed to go on this mission trip to Haiti which was a big part of my own what I felt like was my own self growth process. And, um, and when it happened, it was two days before I was supposed to leave on this mission trip. And it just, I felt like it was breaking me all over again. So it was, um, you know, I finally 
got through some of the other stuff and then I felt like, man, why do I even try? Like every time that I'm trying to do something, something else happens. And so, um, you know, I, I actually kind of put the book down and just said, oh, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. And I went back to doing hair, which was what I had been doing prior to coaching. And, um, I just kind of said, Oh, this is just easy. And I know I can make money this way. And I need to be more present, you know, for my mom. And I was going to the hospital a lot and stuff like that. But, um, I came back from UPW in March and I said, okay, enough is enough. This has to get done. Um, this, this message needs to get out there to people because it is, it, you know, life is hard and life can deal you some really crappy hands sometimes, but there's such an opportunity to grow from that and to turn it into something positive. And so it really, I, I really came back and I committed to getting it all done. And then I actually was invited as a platinum partners guest to this last UPW. So um, it was just a completely different experience and we were front row and just like, it was one of the top experiences of my entire life. And um, you know, it just is a testament to sticking with it and just, um, basically committing to doing the things that we need to do to be successful and, and grow. I, lo I love it. And yeah. And Tony Robbins, I mean, he's been there for a lot of, a lot of people and it's just amazing how it's carried through. Um, and it's, and it's good that you didn't shy away from him or even just the whole idea of self-development after that. Cause a lot of people do They, you know, after going through a really, really tough time, and through all the highs and lows that you've already gone through, I mean, a lot of people give up and they just veer away and they shy away and they just rather go down this very like self-medicating type of mentality where they just numb themselves from, you know, the pain that they're really actually trying to get over. Right. So, yes. um, yeah, I, I love yeah, it. And I, did that. I mean, you know, in my twenties, I did a lot of drinking and a lot of I was not, I was always very concerned about being responsible, but I definitely look back and go, Oh, I totally numbed. I totally just tried to shut my brain off to all of it. And, and I was so depressed because of that. And so, um, you know, I actually don't drink anymore and I have really, um, gone through the process myself of, of, dealing with these emotional times in my life and then, and then moving forward and asking myself what's next and how do I grow from here and how do I serve? And, and so it is definitely something that so many people do is to turn to something to numb their pain. And um, I talk about that a lot in the book. Awesome. Okay. So thriving through transition, August 21st is the actual release date. Um, you guys can get a, your, your hard hardcover edition copy right now though right okay i'll put that yeah. link up so people can get to it um i do want to ask you a little bit about um so 19 to 22 ish you were you know have going through all this stuff with your dad um i want to talk about did this five-step process come from you know all those highs and lows that you've gone through since that since that moment on or have you been kind of thinking about this your entire life and and let's, let's talk about this five-step process. Um, I think it did come a lot from not just that period of time, but really from kind of looking back on what things have, have helped me over the last 10 years to heal. 
And, um, some, some of it has been just great conversations that I've had with other people who've experienced loss. And some of it has been, um, from just different things that I decided I'm going to try, whether it was like coaching or counseling or, um, uh, just uh, keeping a gratitude journal. Um, so some of it has been definitely from that experience, but a lot of it has been the growth that's occurred after. And then just kind of looking back and, and, um, processing through all of that. Okay, cool. I mean, if I think it would be interesting to dive into that myself, so I'm probably going to get a couple copies and dive in. Um, but yeah, I mean, what was like, okay, what would, I guess, what I'm trying to get at is what are the two or three key points that you've gotten from that relationship or any relationship that you've kind of experienced or struggle with? Um, what, what are like kind of like the two, three key points that you could say that you've learned so much from that? One of them that I talk a lot about is the idea of getting centered in the present and, and why it's such an important thing in our life to really focus our energy on, um, and I talk about it from the perspective of I spent years, I, I literally spent from 19 to 22 worrying all about what it was going to look like when my dad was in jail. And, and I think that we do this in relationships so much. We worry and, and worry about things that maybe could happen, whether it's, you know, as a parent, we worry about our kids and if they could get hurt or um, in a relationship, we worry if our spouse is going to be faithful to us or if they're always going to love us. And, and we spend so much time in these thoughts that are so, they take so much away from our daily life. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned was I worried for three years about what prison was going to look like. And I never even considered what my life without my dad for the rest of my life was going to look like. And all of a sudden in one split second, all of that worrying was for nothing. All of those sleepless nights were for nothing. And, and I realized, you know, as much as we want to try to control all of the outcomes in our life, it's impossible. And, and it really doesn't do us any good to spend all that time worrying. So now I really have strong practices in my daily life where I meditate and where I focus on gratitude. And, um, and I talk all about some of the tools that I've used to, get more centered in the present. But I think the idea that we, we can kind of worry ourselves into oblivion. I mean, you know, we can literally sit around thinking about every bad thing that could happen all day long and, and it may never happen or it may happen. And either way we have to live our life. Um, so I think that that was one of the biggest lessons that I got from that time period. So, medita- so meditation helped you a lot. Um, how, did, who, how did you get into meditation? Like, was it just like a book you picked up or did somebody introduce it to you? Or how did you, like, how did you kind of go down that rabbit hole? Well, actually my dad, my dad was kind of a lifelong seeker. And um, so we grew up Mormon for like the first 11 years of our life. And then uh, he kind of went towards Eastern religions for a while. And then I went to a Catholic school and a Christian youth group and um, he went through a party phase. And so I was introduced to it when I was probably 12 or 13 years old and we would sometimes do meditation in the morning. Um, But I didn't really embrace it at that point in my life. Um, So after he died, I actually, one of the first people that I started learning from was Deepak Chopra. Um, 
but I, I oftentimes, even still to this day, I'm not somebody who believes that you need to go hire a transcendental meditation master or whatever. I, I think that the idea becomes daunting for people at that point. So just start with YouTube. I mean, there's so many great resources out there with free meditations. And now I really like to use binaural beats. Um, but I, I actually do a lot of guided meditations still to this day, just because it to me is easier for me to focus in on, um, you know, whatever the, the guided meditation is than it is for me to keep my mind blank that whole period of time. But I do a mixture of a lot of different, um, things when it comes to meditation. I really love Vishen Lokiani from Mind Valley Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, his six phase, phase guided meditation is one that I do almost every morning now. Um, so there's just so many great resources. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, for me, I love meditating. It's just, there's some guys uh, in my group that just, I don't know how they, would want to get started so i mean um it's good that you were introduced to it at a very young age and it was probably explain explain to us like how was that feeling like from when you first meditated at 12 to you know the meditations that you have right now like what are the the key differences i think that i'm choosing to do it now versus it kind of being thrust upon me as a child um so i wasn't you know, when we would do it, I would kind of do it, but I would kind of just be sitting there going, this is all BS. And, you know, why do we have to do this? And last week it was, we were Mormon and this week now it's it's this. And so, um, I've just learned a lot about myself in the process and, um, I'm really detached from religion, but I'm very spiritual. And, um, for me, like being in nature makes me feel so connected to my creator, God, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But, um, so anytime that I can get out into nature, it's, it's even better than meditating to me. Um, but I think people just have to start trying and seeing what works for them. And some people are really drawn to going to church services and that's, does it for them meditation or um, even just listening to really amazing um, music or something like that. So I I don't think that there's a one size fits all approach. And I think that for me, my meditation practice has totally evolved over time. Um, I used to have a lot more rules around it. Like, Oh, I'm thinking a thought that's not good you know, and, and I used to feel like, am I doing this right? And now I just, am. whatever comes up, comes up and, and I just accept it and move on. And, um, so it's just a personal process. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we talked a little bit about, um, kind of self-care and how we all do it differently. And, um, so what are, what are the key thing, like three things that you have to do in terms of self-care where you're just like, these are non-negotiable. I'm going to have to do these for the rest of my life. One of them is keeping a very strong gratitude practice. Um, But I, I do think that there is something that's really beautiful about changing things up. So I am not somebody who really loves a lot of routine in my life. I love change and I've learned to really embrace change. Um, 
So anytime that whatever I'm doing for gratitude becomes something that feels kind of monotonous or boring, I think it takes me out of the flow of what it's really for. So I'll change it up. So, you know, for a while I'll do a gratitude journal and then I decide I'm going to just start writing a thank you letter to somebody every single day and putting it in the mailbox. And then I'll decide I'm going to start just doing a gratitude walk every day. And so I kind of, I have about 10 practices and actually I have a free resource on my website that lists all these 10 practices for anyone that wants more um, just ways to get grateful. Um, But I, I really try to mix it up so that it never feels like something I have to do, but something that I get to do every single day. And um, so I think that that's one of the biggest ones for self-care for me is just gratitude, I think, is the key to everything. Um, Another one that is really important for me is is learning and growing. So whether I'm listening to great podcasts or or I'm um, reading a great book, I think those are really, really important um, things to do every single day, just learn something new every single day. And I, I really try to do that. And then another one is pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. So making that. sure that I do something uncomfortable every day, because that's how, that's how we grow. That's how our muscles grow. That's how our minds grow. And, um, I really feel strongly that that's, such a big key to success and so many successful people talk about that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, I'm looking at this list and it's something that I do as well. Um, And, but number three, the pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. I think like that is so important because we get so ingrained into our daily routine or even just the way that we were raised as kids. I mean, um, and, and we carry that all the way into adulthood and we don't have to. Um, we don't have to stay comfortable um, like that for the rest of our entire lives. Yeah, I felt comfortable maybe when we were younger, but I mean, it's good to expand our horizons, uh, you know, so to say. So um, that newsletter, though, are you, it's, is it at uh, Your Best Life Daily? No, um, it's actually, is that, it's actually just at jocelyncoon.com. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm going to get that up. You said you have, um, so if anybody wants that, it was uh, 10... 10 gratitude practices. And then there's also one for um, breathing exercises. So that's another area that I think is super important is um, just how we can change our whole day by just changing our breath and our breathing patterns. And so there's some, there's a resource on there that kind of talks about if you're having anxiety, here's a breath pattern that you can try. And if they're, if you're, um, you know, needing to relax, thing that you can do or if you need more energy here's another breathing pattern and um there's just been a lot of amazing studies on just how how the breath can change our whole life yeah i'm a fan of breathing exercises when i learned uh, be- actually before i learned meditation it was what uh it was actually i learned breathing med- uh breathing exercises before that and i was like man this crap is stupid because I, I was like i have a bit of ADHD. So I was like lying on a couch and kind of doing this old school thing at a fit like my therapist. And I was like, but it honestly was an eye opener because when I took those breathing patterns home and even on the road with me and I live in Toronto and there's tons of traffic. So even when you're like on a brink of road rage, just that one deep breath does you wonders and you just go on about your day without being angry or having to continue on upset about 
<laughs> someone cutting you yeah. off, right? <laughs> no, so, it's amazing. Uh, for sure. Okay, so if you guys want those resources, I'm going to put that link up um, um, in, the, in the show notes so you guys can get the 10 gratitude practices and the breathing exercises. I think those are awesome, awesome resources. It's great that you have them. Um, cause a lot of guys need that. I think they think like me at the beginning, like, yeah, this is stupid. Right. Um, uh, but it's important. I think when I had gone through it, it, it's, it's absolutely changed my life. It's slowed down my ADHD. It's calmed everything down for me. I can see things a little bit more clear and yeah, it's just, anyway, there's all kinds of science behind that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. Okay. So where are you usually hanging out? Where can people find you? I, I know social media, you're all over. So, but where are you mostly hanging out? I am way better on Facebook than Instagram, but I'm, I'm working on it. So um, I, I hang out both of those places and um, I'm not a big Twitter person. In fact, I don't even have a Twitter account, but um, I, I really enjoy hanging out in life and, and being really fully present as much as I can with my kids and my family. So um, I, I'm pretty limited to just Facebook, Instagram. And um, of course, email is great. I always respond to email. Um, but I really love to connect with people in real life also. So um, if there's awesome. Oregonians so I- out there. Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, where's your, where are you uh, situated? I don't even. I'm out of Portland, I'm... Portland, Oregon. So. Okay, uh, nice, nice. Um, and so you're speaking. I can maybe put you uh, in connection with some people out there. Actually, there's. Anyway, um, okay, awesome. So yeah, hook up with Jocelyn. Um, she's doing all kinds of stuff. Like I have all all these notes written down, and she's just doing so many things uh, in her life. So definitely connect with her and find out what is she, what she's doing up on a daily basis and, um, and grab those free resources. I'm going to take you to a part of the show. Um, I don't normally do this on this segment, but I find that it'd be fun to get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to go to the random five. I'm going to ask you th- five random questions. Um, let's see if I remember them. Um, actually, um, the first question is if you could be any animal, in the world who what animal would you be and why i would be a monkey and i don't know exactly why i've always said that though and i i just love that they're they seem to like be these energetic swinging from trees and living their life to the fullest kind of creature i love that and that was like the first thing that came to you so like i I mean that's why i do these random questions because i mean people are generally it it comes right off so okay awesome so do you have um any weird eating habits (laughs) uh not really i'm pretty standard i guess i i drink a green drink every day there's got to be something i mean like when you order a burger is there like something that you hold off of or no, I, I I'm pretty boring. I unfortunately <laughs> there's like nothing that I don't like really. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I would say okay. my guilty pleasure is I love hot dogs. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How do you how do you like them? What do you put on them? Like charred, as black as can, they can be. Oh, like a like a Chicago like a Chicago style. Yeah. Yeah, Just I love that too. Right awesome. off the barbecue camper, whatever. Oh man, it's crazy. So I've been on this 30 day vegan 
challenge right now. So I haven't eaten meat in, what is it, 25 days now? I think I have five more days to go. Um, I did 10 I, days and that was so hard. <laughs> it's uh, insanely hard. I mean, even up until the end part, I almost cracked yesterday. Um, so it's tough for sure. Um, I was craving a sausage actually <laughs> one of these random days one of these random days it's funny you bring that up um is there a uh, a book that you're reading right now or is there your favorite book that you'd like to share with us i love the book the magic by Rhonda Byrne. um i think it is just it's all about gratitude and it changed my life completely so i actually reference it a lot in my book um just because i feel like of all the books I've ever read, that one made the fastest changes in my life. So it's like a 28 day guide to, to becoming more grateful basically. And she says, you know, in the beginning, if you use this book, I promise you your life is going to look completely different. And at the end of 28 days, my life looked completely different. I had actually, I actually had two cars given to me during like what I think it was on day 35 the second one was given to me but that was one of the biggest so she talks a lot about being grateful for what you already have and then she also talks a lot about how to manifest more of what you want in your life through being more grateful and um, it was just crazy because it was something that I was focused on I had just gone through my divorce and I was broke and um, it was just a terrifying time in my life and one of the biggest things was I needed a second vehicle to be able to take my kids to where they needed to be. I had met my current husband and we were dating and stuff, but we had three kids between the two of us and they needed to be in different places. And so that was one of the biggest things that I started focusing on. And, and we were literally given two cars in a matter of two nice new cars in a matter of 35 days. (laughs) Oh man, that's, that's absolutely insane. And it's awesome when you read or you get you or you read a book and you actually go and apply it and see what actually happens to you. And I always tell people like you can't you can take all this information in but what are you actually doing with the information? So it's amazing to see that like not even, you know, two months in and you're sitting there with two extra cars. So that's awesome. Uh, It's it's funny how you were like, yeah, when I was uh, when I got divorced, and I was broke, I think you just spoke to like 99.99% of this audience that we're, we have here. I mean, we can all relate to that for sure. So the magic is uh, one of those books, guys. It will change your life. Okay, so I'm definitely going to read that one later on. Um, If there was a place you could go to right now, um, anywhere in the world, money isn't an issue, where, where, where would you go and why? And you're hopping on a plane tomorrow. I would go to Switzerland probably um, because my family heritage is all from there and we have friends there and um, it's just the place that I've always wanted to go. And um, I would probably actually choose any Tony Robbins event over that, but so we're at, but um, if I had to choose a place, it would be Switzerland. That's awesome. Um, I would love to freaking go. I would love to go there too as well. Um, not just because my heritage, obviously, but um, there it's just gorgeous there. It's beautiful. I've seen pictures of 
the the mountains um i'm just always thrilled by by there so that's a really really good choice no one really actually thinks about that but wait so you were born in america you've never been back home i yeah I was born here, but my whole family is from Switzerland. So I actually live just outside of where I grew up is this little, it's, it's a little town in Oregon that was all settled by Swiss people. So <laughs> it's interesting how they come here and all do like, they all come to this certain area though, and just like post up and it's like, Hey, we're from Switzerland, but we're all going to just take over this little small town here. Yeah. <laughs> It's, they still have a Swiss festival and like Swiss cows and all that stuff. And so I've just always thought it'd be very cool to go back there. And, and I actually have a journal from my great, great grandpa that he talks like it's his travel journal through the Swiss Alps. And I just think how cool would it be to just go back and stand in those places? And so. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, la- the last question of the random five, um, if you could meet anyone who's passed away that are, um, doesn't have to be famous, uh, who would it be and why? And it has to be somebody that's passed away. Um, Mother Teresa. Why? Uh, she has been one of my biggest sources of inspiration my whole entire life. Ever since I learned about her, I just... I think she's just one of the most um, authentically giving human beings that's ever walked the, the planet and um, just such a source of inspiration that the littlest things matter in such huge ways. And we can change the world by changing one person's life. And, and um, I just think that she's an amazing example. That's a great, great, answer and i love that too i've always been a fan of mother Teresa. just whenever uh when in doubt just think of what she would do and i always that's how it that's how i kind of get through some really really tough situations so awesome um well i just want to thank you for a moment for coming on the show you're doing so much already and i wish i could ask you so many more questions but i do want to be mindful of the time and um, I'm going to just ask you one final question. Um, it's one, something that I ask uh, everybody before they <clears throat> part ways. And I'm sure I'm going to ask you back uh, to come on the show again and we'll follow up again with you um, if you want, if you want. Um, but yeah, um, of course, if, if there if there was one piece of relationship advice that you can give to someone through all the highs and lows that you've been through, through everything, all the ups and downs, um, what is that one piece of advice that you would love to give to somebody who's kind of down and out right now I will say um choose love because no matter what you're going through you know one of the things I because I remember my divorce like it was yesterday and I I never had an attorney and I didn't I just I wanted to be as loving as I could through the whole experience and um and it was difficult because the other person doesn't always choose love but I don't have any regrets about how I handled it because I really chose to come from a loving place and I chose to come from a place of owning my part in, in why we were where we, where we were and getting a divorce. And um, I think it's so easy to focus on the other person or wh- what you've done, what somebody else has done to you and, and wronged you by. But um if you just get back to being as loving as possible and realize that 
the world is just full of hurting people that, you know, we have, we, we always have the choice of how we react to situations. And if we can come from a place that's truly loving, it's going to be the best thing for our kids. It's going to be the best thing for the world. It's going to, it's just going to make the world a better place. And so we always get to choose our own response and we, we have the responsibility to choose love. I love it. Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Boom. And there you have it, guys. Jocelyn Kuhn, she's just an amazing, amazing human being. So I can't thank her enough for coming on the show. So make sure to connect with her over on social media. I will put all those links in the show notes. All right, guys. Rob, your host, signing off. Peace out.